0: One. The package being delivered. Hello out there on the internet, I'm Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. You can't scroll one inch on the internet these days without someone trying to sell you something. Facebook, I'm sorry, Meta, and Google rake in millions of dollars on advertising alone. When we talk about ad tech, those are the names that typically move through our minds. Not many think people think about, say, Disney, but they should. That's what we're talking about today. Uh, How Disney became a big player in the online digital advertising space and the creepy videos Motherboard recently published showing how the mouse uses its vast portfolio of characters to talk directly to advertisers. You want to see the Muppets extol the virtues of targeted advertising? Well, stick around. With me today to walk through it all is Motherboard staff writer Joseph Cox. It's the subject of his new story on Motherboard... Leaked videos show Disney is the biggest ad tech giant you've never heard of. Sir, thank you so much once again for coming on. Thank you. Always, always happy to be here. All right, so
1: what is Luminate? So Luminate is, as these videos would describe it, Disney's advanced suite of advertising products, whatever that may mean. And I should just caveat that this discussion is going to be relatively high level. Simply because the article is based on these videos which don't go into super the super granular detail about what these tools are, but they do give some pretty interesting contours of you know what data is involved and what Disney is trying to do. So Luminate, as I said, is this suite of products and they don't go super into what each does, but the long and short of it is is that Disney is offering access in some form to its so-called first-party data. You know, third-party data is obviously when you go to another company and you source it and maybe resell it. Disney, as we'll probably talk about, does discuss that as well. But here they're talking about access to their first-party data, which means, you know, their data based on viewership, potentially credit card information, um, other stuff such as store visits or purchases, that sort of thing. So this is data that Disney has. And if you are a client who wants to advertise, you want to run your own campaign, you could maybe bring your data and combine it with Disney's to target... Um, particular people and i mean when it comes to illuminate in the, the illuminate video specifically disney says it has something like 900 audience segments which are basically you know demographic profiles of people so it seems that if you go and work with disney you might have a good shot at targeting your advertisement in a, in a pretty effective way at least judging by these sales videos Let's talk about the videos themselves, because I
0: think that's like the 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 real draw of this piece. Um, how many did you happen to see?
1: So I think we saw maybe around four or five in total. Mm-hmm. The article only really talks about three of them, and they're kind of split into two camps. The first one, uh, the first set of videos are ones where there are very funny disney characters talking about the virtues of online advertising so you have you know bunsen and and beaker from the muppets the scientists duo you have edna from the incredibles you have some other disney characters as well and these were internally developed by disney and only meant for internal consumption by disney sales employees, and presumably potentially to show to, you know, clients as well, but they're not for public consumption. Then the other set of videos, one of which includes a lot of Star Wars branding, you know, R2-D2s in there, uh, maybe C-3PO, some Stormtroopers as well. And I think it calls it Star Wars Episode 10, Rise of the Audience Segments, or something along those lines. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that graphic right now. You got it exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's burned into my retina now. But the, that second group of videos, they were technically public on a Vimeo channel, but it appears that Disney maybe was not aware that they were public. You know, you kind of had to know where to look to find them. So I guess you could call them, you know, semi-public, semi-private, something like that. But you weren't supposed to look at those videos either. So that was the basis for this piece, you know. And the idea wasn't to go out and you know uh, sort of drill down in super explicit detail what disney is doing when it comes to ad tech it was more that i think the vast majority of readers would never associate disney with advertising or ad tech specifically and not even that you know of course every company advertises no no no. we're not saying that these videos show that disney wants to be the provider of the technical infrastructure that can facilitate advertisements ad tech, you know, and that is what makes us um, different to what those videos show.
0: Right. They're very surreal because the they're made cheaply, right. You know, and it's, it's not something that uh, as Disney, you're going to want to spend a lot of money on. You're not going to bring in the right voice actors to do, to talk to advertisers, right. And you don't need Mm -hmm. to really. Um, So, the voices sound like they are people that maybe work in the ad department or somebody they had on hand that are doing bad impressions. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, the, the Muppets one now so you can guys, so everyone can get a feel and right, here we go. I'm Dr. Bunsen honeydew and this is my assistant Beaker. <laughs> this is Muppet labs and I'm tickled pink to announce a solution to all your digital ad buying needs. <laughs> Imagine a data-powered solution that unlocks Disney's portfolio of premium content and diverse audiences at scale, with automated, flexible buying through a single storefront.
1: <laughs> Excited to introduce our new Disney Hulu XP video ad solution.
0: All right, so the first one we just watched was uh, uh, Bunsen and Honeydew from The Muppets doing their thing but talking about advertising. Now we have uh, Baymax from Big Robot 6... Who is talking, who's going to extol the virtues of uh, Hulu, Disney's Hulu advertising? Disney's
1: leading entertainment, live sports, and real time news content, combined with the largest streaming TV library from Hulu. It delivers your message with reach and scale everywhere viewers choose to watch. Disney Hulu XP is efficient, safe, and guaranteed on completed views to reach your desired audience. That concludes today's masterclass. I cannot deactivate until you say you were satisfied with the knowledge you gained here today.
0: And I have to, I I have to describe what's on the, (laughs) what's on the screen right now. So Baymax in his full uh, armor is standing next to a billboard that has three uh, uh, Mickey mouse outlines on them. You know, the classic, like three circles. Uh, One is sad. The one in the middle is neutral and the one on the right is happy. And Baymax wants is watching this to check a box to explain how they feel after watching this. Like, did they get the message? Do they understand better how Disney's ad tech structure works? Right. And so, yeah, the, the, it's just, it's, this is how business is done. You know, I don't think we should be super shocked by this, but it is just jarring to see these characters talking about targeted ad revenue and things like this. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to know that disney is doing this and actually you know there are plenty of other articles you can go read about it you know much more in the ad tech sort of trade press sort of space you know and of course disney has its own press releases about it but that is not in the everyday consciousness consciousness of the you know the general consumer right and You know, again, these videos weren't supposed to be for public consumption, but I think it kind of ironically shows something about Disney in that we're all very worried about Disney continue or any any large conglomerates really continuing to acquire a ton of intellectual property, whatever it may be, beloved franchises, whatever, and exploiting it for everything they can. I find it very funny that (laughs) Disney is even doing that to, you know, talk about the virtues of its online advertising. It will exploit them even for that. And I think there's, you know, just a, a sort of an ironic twist there. You know, I, I, I don't think it's malicious or, or, or anything like that necessarily. But it is funny that they would exploit their characters so far. They'll even use them in the training videos for this is how we're going to monetize and, and use our first party data on our, you know, 280 million engaged fans around the world.
0: Right. It's weird. You know, we always we there's so much in the ether right now, kind of about the idea of a metaverse and all these different fictional universes kind of colliding and coming together and Disney being the apex of that. And it's sad to see that one of the consequences is Star Wars characters team up with characters from the Incredibles to explain ad tech data to advertisers. Right. So. Yeah, totally. Where, where did you how did how did you come across these if you can tell me?
1: Yeah, we we don't go into I really any detail on this in the piece and I won't, I won't go into any further detail just beyond the fact that somebody provided uh these videos to us and as, as mentioned, you know, they're not meant for public consumption. Of course, the Vimeo ones if you did know where to look, you could go dig them up. Um but essentially we were just provided um a copy of them uh by somebody who was able to do that and you know uh, again a lot of this stuff is locked off it's not meant for public consumption but i do think there is a public interest in you know people just understanding this they may the everyday reader may not need to understand the ins and outs of ad tech but they should know even if they don't want to you know specifically drill down to disney they should understand that these companies plenty of them are moving into this sector. You know, Disney is obviously a very cutesy, incredibly well-marketed giant, corporate giant, right? And even they are going into this space because clearly they see the value there. I think that is the value in publishing these videos that people can understand that.
0: No, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, You know, I've talked about, I've harped about it on the show before um, that we need to understand that... And this is going somewhere, I promise. That when you when you when you're on a service like Facebook or Twitter, that you're ostensibly getting for free, uh, that you are the product that is being sold. Like they're collecting your data and it's being rendered down and sold off, right? But there, to take that a step further, like I had always kind of you know growing up in the '90s, I always kind of had this assumption with corporations, and this is my naivety, naivete, whatever you know what I mean that mm-hmm. um, if I were paying for something, like if I pay for HBO, one of the benefits of paying you upfront is that I no longer have to sit through advertisements, right? Um, mm-hmm. I do this with YouTube. A lot of people make fun of me. Uh, I pay for a YouTube red account because I do not want to ever sit through an ad on YouTube. So I give them the 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. Uh, and I never see them in uh, my mm. assumption would be making that deal Ops me out of my data being rendered down. But that's
1: not true. That's <laughs> patently false, right? Right, right. And I mean when it comes specifically to Disney, I mean, if you if you talk, start talking about particular products, you know, Disney Plus or whatever, their streaming service, right? I'm not a customer of that, but it's a it's a paid service in the same way that, you know uh Netflix or whatever. And of course Disney also owns Hulu. And they come up in the the videos a lot as well. And of course, you know, there there's a whole other uh, revenue stream there as well i would say the the, fir- the first one you mentioned yes twitter facebook is free or the product you know that's very common knowledge we all know that the good point you make yes the second one along is that well even when you pay for a product maybe they're also going to monetize you somehow i think almost the third step after that is that this monetization by disney is so much more nebulous than that and it's almost hard to pin down because what they're cashing in on is not even necessarily, oh, you are a subscriber to this service and then we take the data from that service and do that. It's more, at least the the way they're presenting it, we are monetizing you know the collective love of this corporation of this brand, and that can come in lots of different forms. that might be you know Disney parks or it might be again Disney Plus or it could be Hulu, it could be Star Wars. It could be so many different things because Disney owns so many different things. It's more about that they're monetizing the love for that brand, and they do bring that up they uh, where well, I mentioned that two hundred and eighty million figure they say in the luminate video that they have two hundred and eighty million engaged fans every month now that obviously probably more than 280 million people have watched the Disney movie. They're talking about, we have such a um, passionate fan base. That is what you're extracting value from. And I think that's almost the third step in that sort of hierarchy.
0: All right, we're going to pause there for a break. We will be right back after this, Cyber Listeners. All right, cyber listeners, thank you for sticking around. I am on with Joseph Cox. We are talking about how Disney is the biggest ad tech giant that you have never heard of. Uh, two things I want to hit here. One is that sometimes I don't think people understand like the level and the amount of information that's being collected on you. Um, one thing I one, one of the videos that I thought was interesting in this Disney collection, um, they highlight like purchases. Uh, and things like done with credit cards and how that can kind of become part of someone's like brand image, right? like the the these ad tech companies there's a file on you somewhere. We know that this is literally true because um people have been kind of reporting on this we we, we know a decent amount about like ad tech and like what your consumer profile will look like certain places. Um, and it's interesting these big media companies that have multiple points of contact like Disney now can build a profile on you and kind of mix you into this ad tech slurry and sell it on to advertisers. And the advertiser will say, like we need to market to people, you know, ages fifteen to twenty five male that live in Florida. Right? And it can be in like that kind of thing, you'll see so you'll start getting like regional ads in You know, I'm talking about how ad tech works on a basic level, right? Everybody understands this, or at least at a high level, I think a lot of people understand this. This is why the your internet experience, I think, in the past five years, most people have started to see it as creepy. You know, the, the ads for certain things kind of follow you around. And it's just interesting to see Kermit the Frog <laughs> and other Disney characters uh I'm completely lost my train of thought, JC. You're gonna have to pull me out.
1: No, no, that was good. That was good. I was just going to say that, yes, when it comes to the ordinary sort of high level view of ad tech, as you say, you know, 15 to 24 year old female in XYZ location, totally judging by the Disney videos, they seem to want to go a little bit further than that, at least potentially. You know, I think the Star Wars video mentions um, credit card data and then also survey-based pharma data, as in PH, as in what I presume is referring to pharmaceuticals or medical stuff in some sort of way. And so you could probably get an even more specific, um, what they would call an audience segment than that and that's exactly what they're promising you know they are disney is promising access in some form to very specific um groups of people you know and if they do have those 900 audience segments that is a lot more detailed than male lives in florida or whatever you know and i think it just to show it i think it just shows how kind of serious they are about this part of their business Like i don't know how much revenue it generates or what size of the business compared to the rest of businesses. I imagine it's pretty small, you know, considering obviously how big, uh, Disney is, but it does show that they are taking it seriously, you know, and that that's, I think what the videos demonstrate at least.
0: Right. Disney adults are, Important to them, not just because of the fervor and the buy-in they give to the brand and the way they spread the brand, but also because the Disney adults then become another product for Disney to sell. Right. The the absolutely. the more yeah, you're absolutely. interacting, yeah, the more you're interacting with their products, the more information they gather on you, and the more robust a profile they have to sell on to their advertising partners.
1: Um, yeah, totally. And, and I mean, in one of the videos, they do very briefly mention what some of that first party data is and again all of this information is spread across the four or five videos so it's a little bit hard to pull it all together but one does lay out a short little list which it does say explicitly content consumption so somewhere across the disney network be that disney plus or hulu or whatever they are looking what content is being consumed there's also self-reported data which i presume is going to be stuff like yes your address if you provide that or something presumably um how you identify and then they also say surveys at the end now i imagine not every disney fan is going to be doing surveys but maybe it's a good chunk of that 280 million or that is who they're referring to that is the first party data that seems to be obviously very valuable to Disney and very potentially valuable to the customers who want to come to Disney to exploit it um, in some way. And I think you put it in a really good way in that Disney touches a lot of different things through people's lives. Yes, absolutely. It is not just a film you no longer watch. It is not just one streaming service like a Netflix or whatever. It is a spider's web of all of these different services, sites, networks and intellectual property all interwoven in a very complicated way.
0: And Disney and these other companies are not value neutral. That's something else I think is really, really important about this stuff. Um, When we look at the early days of the internet and what the internet has become now, I think the fact that there's so much money to be made here has given advertisers a lot of sway about what can and can't be said online. And I'm not talking here broadly about like counterculture or a uh, uh, cancel culture and like ultra conservative or ultra leftist people who preach violence or spout hate speech, like being pushed off of platforms like YouTube, right? I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about advertisers exerting pressure on, uh, companies and kind of changing the way that we interact with art. And, and to that end, uh, one of the another piece of the story that it kind of caught my eye that you didn't get into a whole lot is that there's a 2,700 page document um, that mm-hmm. in part lists uh, companies that Disney won't do business with. What was in there?
1: Yeah, it's more specifically domains that Disney does not want to have um it's ad tech or it's advertising affiliated with or used upon was uh, my reading of it and yeah it's a very very long document as he says you know 2700 pages i will say that from you know at least my initial reads of that document the vast majority are pretty garbage domains <laughs> it's like 00347 free mp3 hyphen mp4.net or something i'm just making that up it's a lot of garbage domains like that. And, um, you know, we'll continue to go through that document, of course, in case there's some very noteworthy examples, but a good chunk of them are clearly those sort of torrent sites that I alluded to there and then porn sites as well. And, you know, I don't think this is, um, unusual in in any way. You know, if you are in the ad tech business, you do have to be very conscious of where these advertisements are ending up, you know, Uh, Both for kind of the reasons I think you outlined there sort of to to flip it, but also you just these clients aren't going to want to have their advertisement, which is supposed to be kid friendly or Disney friendly right next to a Pornhub video or something like that or next to, hey, you can download all this stuff potentially illegally or whatever. Um so we'll continue to go through that document but um yeah a lot of garbage domains just reams and reams of them.
0: Wait, so I think I misunderstood. Is the I thought it was like dom- domains as well as other information. It is literally just 2700 pages of domains.
1: Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> it's literally it's literally that. I've never seen a list that long and look, that's probably look, I will at some point automate the processing of those domains in some way you know it'd be very easy to whip up a python script and just even check if how many of these are still online you know because there's a little bit out of date so maybe these are very low quality sites that quickly regurgitate and now they're no longer there but you could very easily whip up a script um, you could also make it grab a screenshot, let's say, and you would then be able to scroll through perhaps and just see what all of these sites are. Um, when I have some time, maybe I'll get round to that. But yes, it is purely with no other context, just a bunch of um, domains. But that's still interesting um, in itself, you know? You read the list of
0: uh, all of the domains that Disney won't do business with or something like this?
1: Uh, maybe I would get Lorenzo to do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> or as I said, get a script to do it. But yeah, there's, there's just too many. It's too many to, at least for, the, for, at least for the scope of this piece. Cause it was mostly about the bizarre nature of these videos. Yeah.
0: What's your, so I'm I'm, I'm curious because, because you have such an, uh, I won't say odd, I will say deliberate and considered interaction with the internet and the way that you approach it and like how you conduct yourself there. Uh, famously, you don't have a smartphone, um, so I'm wondering, like, what streaming services do you use? Do you have an ad blocker? Like, how much, how much of this
1: advertising do you see on a daily basis? Um, still a ton. I, I primarily use a network-based ad blocker, which is that my VPN, which I set up on a server somewhere, has a big old list of domains that it blocks and those are connected to ad networks that's a very common way of being an ad blocker it just means that you can run ad blocking technology without installing an extra piece of software into your browser like a ad blocking plugin which can have its own issues as well you know maybe it'll be very maybe it's very effective for blocking advertisements but you've basically just given full access to everything you read and see in your web browser, you know, basically the heart of your online experience, or even just using your computer nowadays. So that's the trade-off I make. With that being said, VPNs don't always work, they can often drop out, They, they sometimes just aren't feeling it that day. So a lot of the time I just have to actually browse the internet without the VPN active. And of course, you know, VPNs have all of their own issues with connecting to various services and plenty of websites, find ways to block them, etc. So that's a very long way of saying I do still get adverts, you know, banner adverts, that sort of thing. I will click one link in one marketing email that manages to grab me. Maybe it's for a clothing brand or something like that. And I will forever see that advert following me around. Um, I find it interesting that you do pay for YouTube uh, Premium or whatever they're calling it now. Because maybe I should do that because I am a ins- I have an insatiable um, desire for YouTube content. I easily watch. Well, maybe not so much now, but I used to watch easily three or four hours a day, no problem. No, it's my garbage TV that's on in the background, you, and I have those. You have to. You have to get it.
0: <laughs> it's, right. So, it's right. so radically different.
1: Yes, and those adverts I've noticed are, at least for me, based primarily on IP. So I will connect from one place, and I'll get adverts which are localized there. That makes sense. I'll turn on the VPN, or I'll use a proxy to go elsewhere, and then immediately the adverts will change. It's not even really, at least from what I can see, it's much more focused on the IP and its relative geolocation rather than any sort of browser fingerprinting. That's not to say that's not being done. I'm just saying that there's a very clear distinction when you switch um, you know, so-called physical location when you do turn on a VPN and you change your IP address, at least for YouTube. Twitter, I found, is really accurate when it comes to advertisements and what I've been browsing and that sort of thing very recently. And actually pretty funny enough, I saw I think at least two or three people tweet this that when they tweeted or at least read our Disney article that we're talking about, uh, they went to Twitter and they saw a promoted tweet for Disney immediately to the point where they were sending me screenshots where I think they tweeted the article or something and the next tweet along was the promoted tweet from Disney. They were right next to each other. So I don't know what it is, but I swear in the past six to 12 months, Twitter has suddenly got really good at, at somehow utilizing data here it has access to for advertisements.
0: See, I'm in a, I'm in a slightly different, well, first let me, let me sell you on YouTube red. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So you, nothing, there's no ads when they say no ads, they're not, they're not messing around. Like there's still obviously when it, when a, when a creator like has their embedded ad for, you know, the Raycons you've heard a thousand times that's in there but like Mm -hmm. the little pop-ups on the bottom of the video, interstitial ads in the middle. Um, You have the, like the top left-hand corner of your feed is taken up by like, Hey, you should watch this. All of that's gone. It's just gone. Right. Right. Um,
1: But I don't mind. I don't mind the outfits. I really don't mind. see.
0: It kills me. I can't like, I don't know why it has just, it like eats my soul whenever I see any of that stuff. Like I, I don't ever want to see a guy in front of a bookcase in his garage talking about his Lamborghini ever again.
1: I mean, again. I don't know. I don't know what bloody efforts you get. I don't <laughs> get any like that. I think mine's like, Hey, here's a new, here's a new washing, new washing machine detergent or something. I don't know. Like laundry stuff, but I don't know. Look, maybe I should give that a go. And, but then, but then I'm giving Google money. You know, fuck yeah. that. I yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you're going to have to give somebody money.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: <laughs> you're going to, you have to choose your demons that you deal with in the internet now, you know? Right. Right. Um, so the other thing, the other thing I use is a, uh, a pie hole, which sounds very similar to your, uh, your solution, which is like a little raspberry yes. Pi that sits on my network and maintains the list that it just funnels everything into.
1: Um, yeah. That's basically the same thing. Yeah. It's just yours is an external piece of hardware that you're plugging in and mine is just, well, it's just, it's the same code essentially. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it's just, it's just held, hosted on a remote server somewhere. Yeah
0: yeah the the problem is though that we had a power surge here that like destroyed my my router, and I haven't gotten the pie hole up and running so now after like two years of not having of having a, a largely ad free internet experience you know like obviously mm-hmm. like Facebook and twitter they still get you and you know uh, uh they're all back mm-hmm. now, and it's so much worse than I remember it <laughs> um it's just it's wild that, that everything's just plastered in in advertisements now. But, I mean, I guess this is just... This is the world we live in. And this is the world we've built. And Disney is helping build that world now. Or perhaps, probably always was. And we just didn't think about it.
1: I mean, we don't have to get into this, but I would just very, very briefly say that as much as i report on the advertising industry or i would, i should say more the malicious offshoots and the malicious consequences of it you know stuff like location data which ends up bloody in the hands of dod contractors obviously bad i have increasingly started to appreciate some of the positives of the industry in that there is very important news uh i don't know maybe about a mass shooting or some other sort of national event maybe the january 6th committee hearings i go to new york times to read about it oh look i can't because you're not a subscriber i can go to a website that is funded by advertisements and i can just get the news and i know people don't necessarily like that i just think it's a bit more complicated and Maybe you know access to information can be seen as a net good, and maybe advertising allowing some of that. Hey, that's not such a bad thing, you know.
0: No, I mean, and you're right. That's the pushback. Is that because uh, your options are basically paywalls and walled gardens, or you know, a lot of advertising? And the fact yeah. that we the, the fact that people have figured out this ad tech has made access to that information and good information. If you're able to curate your own feed um, free and easy to get. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a mess and it's complicated. I mean, I should say it's, it's not like, (laughs) it's not like I'm working in journalism and then I'm not paying other people for journalism. I do have plenty of subscriptions, you know, but it's mostly independent media. It's not the New York times, you know, who, to be honest, I don't think needs my extra subscription personally. I'll, I'll do a Patreon or, you know, to to several other people. I just think there is, um, it's a very complicated trade off that we all have, and we have to be very conscious of the positives and and certainly the, the the negatives that we get from this. You know, when we're discussing all of this.
0: Joseph Cox, thank you so much for coming onto Cyber once again and walking us through this complicated and uh, at the end nuanced topic. Yeah, absolutely, no problem. All right, cyber listeners, that's all for this week. We will be back again soon with another story of uh, what's going on on the Internet. Uh, If you like us, please follow us on Twitch, where we often uh, record these episodes live. They're at twitch.tv forward slash motherboard TV. Give us a follow there, and you'll be notified when we go live on the channel. Um, Thank you, and we will see you again a little bit later.